All right. Good morning, everybody. You guys doing well? Awesome. I am so excited to be here with you. I'm not just saying that. I'm excited to be sharing God's word with you today. We have a great journey to go on together. Um, we're continuing this series called The Joy of Prayer. Does anybody see that and you're like, I don't feel the joy in prayer. Anybody? Okay. Am I the only one? Raise my hand. Sometimes you just, I think about prayer and I'm like, I'm not thinking joy, right? I'm thinking like, task. I'm thinking guilt because I haven't prayed enough, right? The joy of prayer, though. There can be joy in this. And we're going to really explore one question, the answer to one question today, and that is, how can we quiet the noise and hear God's voice? Because God's voice is life and breath to us. There's a story of a, I heard of a sound recordist, and he travels around the world recording sounds uh, of nature. So he may record the sound of a bubbling brook or of wind moving through a wheat field or some exotic animal. And he said 40 years ago when he started this career, he said he didn't have to go very far outside of the city limits to find uninterrupted sound that he could record without uh, man-made noises interrupting. He said over time, as the years have gone by in his career, he's had to go farther and farther away from civilization to get fewer and fewer minutes of uninterrupted recorded time. And isn't that kind of a picture of the world we live in, right? The world that our minds and our hearts and our, our families live in is that we're, we're, having, we're being crowded out by the noise. It feels like that sometimes, right? Now imagine all of our kids are in this room Imagine the world they're going to live in. Imagine the world that you're training them to live in, you're preparing them for. As a parent, do you sometimes feel uh, unqualified to do that, right? I have no idea how to train my kids for the world I live in, much less the world they're going to live in, right? Well, we're going to talk today about how to quiet the noise and hear God's voice. How to be in the noisiest places in the world and yet hear the still, small voice of God. You with me? Let's stand together. We're going to read the word. John chapter 6, if you would turn there in your Bibles. John chapter 6, verse 60 through 68. Now, before we get to verse 60, prior to this, Jesus had been teaching in the synagogue, and he said some things, some things like, if you want to follow me, you must drink my blood and eat my flesh. (laughs) Uh, Not the easiest sermon to go down in the world, right? Uh, (laughs) I don't know if people were were receiving it as a metaphor or if they were receiving it literally, but it didn't go well, okay? Uh, Jesus' sermons often didn't go well with the people that were hearing it. Uh, So if you ever give a speech or something and people don't seem to respond, it's okay. It happened to Jesus, okay? John chapter 6, verse 60, though, starts this. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this, is, this teaching is hard. <laughs> we, who can accept it? And Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who would not believe and the one who would betray him. He said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by my father. And from that moment, listen to this, from that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Therefore, Jesus said to the 12, you don't want to go away too, do you? 
Simon Peter answered, Lord, who will we go to? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Lord, help us to hear your words of life today. Speak to us. God, help us to position ourselves to hear you. Teach us, Lord, how to quiet the noise and hear God's voice. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated. So I love this this question that Peter asked. Who will we go to? Because there's going to be a temptation and has been in many of your lives. And for your kids, there will be temptation throughout their lives. To hear something that Jesus says that doesn't quite make sense. That doesn't quite line up with what all the other voices and culture and everywhere around them is telling them. And they're going to have a choice to make. And you and I have that same choice to make. Who are you going to believe? Whose voice has priority in your life? Whose voice has authority in your life? And Peter, having seen Jesus, having been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that Jesus is the Holy One of God, he is the Son of God, he said, Jesus, who will we go to? Because you have the words of eternal life. Something happens when you speak, Jesus, and something comes alive in me like nothing else. And even though I don't quite understand what you're saying here, I'm not quite sure everything, I don't understand all the context and and all of how you're saying this, but I believe you and I trust you. Do you know the voice of the Lord in your life? And do you know how to quiet the noise around you and hear God's voice? Jesus says this, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is responding to Satan's temptation in the desert. He says, but man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by, does anybody know it? The, the word of God. Yes, the words of God are vital to us. The voice of God is essential for our life and our living and our following Jesus. And this is the truth for all of us today. We live and die by the voices that we listen to. And I'm not talking about the voices outside of your head, right? I'm talking about voices inside of your mind and your heart. You will live and die. The trajectory of your life will be determined by who you choose to listen to and the decisions you make accordingly. And this is no new problem, guys. We go back to Adam and Eve This is the exact problem that that Eve was having in that conversation with the serpent. The serpent says, hey, you know, God really didn't mean that. It wasn't the serpent that made her sin. It was the serpent who influenced and awakened another voice inside of her that said, well, maybe God doesn't quite love you. Or maybe you you can be, oh, I kind of, I think I want to be like God. And in that moment, the loud voice in her head overcame the voice of God, the voice of truth in her life, and sin entered. And the same thing happens with us. So we need to decipher the voice of God. We need to know his voice, just like the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. So I'm going to teach you a thing that I've been doing for the last seven or eight years. And it was taught to me by a man who took me under his wing, and I just kind of put words to it. But it's called cup and filter. 
okay? Now, you need to know this before we start. I'm not a coffee drinker, okay? Every once in a while, I'll drink a cup of coffee just because I want to feel cool, right? Um, but I'm not. It just, it, my taste buds are not mature. You know, some people say, well, you just have to acquire a taste for it. I'm like, when it doesn't taste good the first time, I don't drink it again, right? I mean, uh, I, I guess they're just not mature enough to, to acquire a taste for things, right? But <laughs> you, you need to know this about me too. I'm married to a coffee drinker, which is why I know a lot about coffee. And actually, if you're an introvert in this place and you have trouble starting or continuing conversations, just talk about coffee. You know, the, the conversation dies down. You're like, hey, uh, what kind of coffee do you like? People talk about coffee. People love coffee a little bit too much, right? They're crazy about their coffee. Now, what I've learned, though, is I'm a little bit jealous of coffee drinkers because they have a morning routine that is, like, without compare, right? They wake up, they stumble out of bed to the coffee machine or their Keurig, you know, if you're high-tech like that, and they hit it. And oh, the aroma, if you're, if you're one of those people that grinds your own beans, the sound of the grinding beans, the smell, the percolating of the coffee, you know, and the steam rising from the cup. And you grab the cup and it's warm in your hands and you take that first sip and you're like, I'm alive. All of a sudden, the day has begun. Once I was dead, now I'm alive, right? I... I on the other hand, have cereal. I'm a cereal eater. But the, uh, the attractiveness of the cereal morning routine is not quite as uh, alluring, okay? It goes kind of like this. The crackle of the plastic bag. The ting, ting, ting of the flakes hitting the cereal bowl. The cold spoon in your mouth. It's just like, no. Like, I wish I liked coffee because my mornings would be so much more awesome. Instead, I have cereal, right? And they don't make cereal bowls with, like, self-expression upon them, right? They don't make cereal bowls as a palette to show your, to tell the world about yourself or to give the world uh, your opinion about something, right? But they do make coffee cups. So here are a few of my favorites. Uh, coffee mugs, I guess, unable to communicate in full sentences. As you drink down, uh, you get down to the bottom, it's like, you may speak now. Anybody, right? Uh, a yawn is a silent scream for coffee. Mm. Mm. Think on this. All right, dear Naps, I'm so sorry I was not nice to you as a kid, right? Kids, if you're in this room, someday you will love Naps. Why don't you just go ahead and give in to it, all right? That's, that's for you, parents. That's free. All right, I survived another meeting that should have been an email. All right, can I get an amen? This is a friend of mine has this. I actually walked up to his desk and picked up his camera lens and like dumped coffee out because, but I was like, dude, that is awesome. Is that not cool, right? I'm not even a camera guy and that's awesome. Let's go to that. Uh, yeah, they don't have cereal bowls with like Pac-Man that appears when it gets cold, right? No, Pac-Man appears when it gets hot. That's awesome. So cool. And this one's a little weird. It's like, oh, look, a drowning kitten. Better drink fast, right? <laughs> you animal people are just so weird. Look at this. I love my wiener dog. <laughs> this coffee is great, right? This is awesome, though. I will drink coffee just to have this. I'll drink whatever in it. I need this. Okay, somebody, my birthday's coming up. All right. And then there's this. I don't. 
know what to say. I mean, my favorite movie was Ghost Rider. It was awesome. I just, Nicolas Cage speaks to me in the morning. No, no, you're weird, okay? All right, coffee drinkers, you guys are sometimes weird, but I am, I am jealous of you, okay? Because here's the point. You need a cup. Yes, you need a cup of coffee, but cup and filter is about you need a cup. You need a morning routine. You need some type of habit in your life that gets you waking up in the morning and sets your course for the rest of the day in the right direction. Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, I don't think Jesus is necessarily limiting this to, you must get up in the morning and pray to me. He's not saying that necessarily. But the best opportunity we have to seek first the kingdom of heaven is often in the mornings. So if we get this, if we, if we roll over in bed and we click open our phone, none of you do this, I know, and you open up some kind of social media app and you're scrolling through social media, it will determine the tone of your day. You've seen it happen. I've seen, you will spend the rest of your day wondering what people are thinking about you and wondering why crazy people are posting things online and your mind will be filled with all the things that are less important than God's voice in your life. Or if you roll over and you flip open and you start checking email, you start looking at your task list, your day will be covered up by the addiction that our society has with productivity. You've got to fight back against that. Whatever you do at the first part of your day sets the tone and the trajectory for the rest of your day. So what if you seek God first? What if you did the most important thing first? which is position yourself to hear God's voice. What would happen to your day? Your day would be, be more likely to be aligned with God's priorities and not everyone else's. Because uh, there's a, an author, Charles Duhigg, in his book called The Power of Habit, he says this, some habits, say researchers, are more important than others because they have the power to start a chain reaction Shifting other patterns as they move through our lives. Keystone habits influence how we work, eat, play, live, spend, and communicate. Keystone habits start a process that over time transforms everything. Now, you know and I know that we can have good habits and we can have bad habits. But that keystone habit, imagine an ancient arch made of stone and stone upon stone kind of moving up to the top point of the arch. And the top point of that arch, there is a keystone there. And that stone actually solidifies the whole structure. Without the keystone, everything falls apart. With the keystone, there are ancient arches that have been there for thousands and thousands of years, still standing. The keystone habit, I believe a morning routine of getting ourselves in a position to hear from the Lord, seeking first the Lord, a habit of that is a keystone habit to unlocking the blessing and the power of God throughout our whole life. That's what I'm here. I want to, you need a cup because you need to hear the voice of the Lord. See, I have a lot of voices in my head. Um, I'm not schizophrenic, although I guess if you are schizophrenic, you don't know you're schizophrenic. I don't know, but um, I have a lot of voices in my head and you do too. And they're all clamoring for our attention, right? Some are deceitful. You know, some are lies like you're never gonna be able to do that. You're just not good enough. 
You just don't have the skills that you need. You just, you just need to sit down. Or, you know what? They'll never forgive you for that. You're worthless. Anybody ever hear those voices? I'm not. This is not just fun and games here. This is real life. Because you know why? Because you live by that voice. The decisions you and I make are dictated by those voices. Sometimes they're not untrue. Sometimes they're just tasks or they're distractions. You have to get this done today. Oh man, uh, you have to make this right with this. You have to have this conversation. You gotta get ready for this meeting or you gotta make lunch or, oh, I gotta have my cup of coffee, right? Please have your cup of coffee first, okay? Before you do anything, all right? But man, those voices are just distractions. They're not bad. But I want you to imagine for a moment You remember the story, the legend of King Arthur and the knights of the round table, right? The chivalrous knights, Sir Lancelot and Galahad and all that. So I want you to imagine for a moment that you have a table like this in your mind. Except chivalry is dead in your head, okay? All of these voices are clamoring for your attention and they're speaking up and they're yelling and they're standing at the table and they're yelling and they're saying, hey, hey, look at me, give me attention. I need your energy today. I'm the priority. I'm the most important thing. And you're you're familiar with it, right? It's the noise that just goes on in your head and you're stuck waking up. And sometimes when you wake up late, this is why I'm encouraging you. Listen, you say I'm not a morning person. That's okay. I'm just asking you to maybe wake up 20, 30 minutes a little bit earlier to set your day on the rails right, okay? Because sometimes you wake up late and the freight train is taken off and it's gone and you lay your head down at night and you still haven't caught it, right? That's no way to live. So these voices are there, they're yelling, and yet there's another voice at the table. And the king of your heart sits at the table and he watches and he listens. And it's your job and mine to make sure that those voices know that his voice is the priority. It's your job and it's my job to sit those voices down, address them and say, listen, it's not your time right now. You need to get quiet because I know that God's voice is life and breath to me and I need to hear him first. I'll get to you and you can't just ignore the voices. Listen, those voices will keep coming back. We, we deal with voices in unhealthy ways all the time, right? We pretend they're not there. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. I, I, yes, and they just speak louder, right? Or maybe oftentimes we use alcohol, and this is why we use alcohol. This is why we use drugs. This is why we use different substances, because we are trying to quiet the screaming voices in our head, and yet... It only makes them louder, right? So how do we do that? How do we manage these voices? I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. He says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. This is what I'm talking about. You've got to take captive those thoughts that are yelling at you, those voices, and you have to make them obedient to the king sitting at the table. Because the king's not going to scream over them. The king is waiting for you to give him priority. And here's the problem, is that you can go to the most remote places of the earth, like that sound recordist. 
You can go to the quietest, most uninhabited jungle, savanna, tundra, wherever. And it can be as noisy as the streets of Manhattan because you and I carry the noise with us. You carry the noise with you. And your kids are gonna grow up in a world when you're gone and away and their kids, that it's very different from the world that we live in today. And you and I, if you're like me, sometimes you're afraid. You're like, how do I prepare them for that world that I have no idea how to prepare them for, right? You teach them how to quiet the noise no matter where they are. You teach them how to have a cup. And then you teach them about the filter. And if you've ever had, anybody ever had camp coffee in here? I thankfully have never had camp coffee, but it's kind of like one of those things like, oh, we forgot the filter, but we still are addicted to coffee. So we pour the grounds in, heat the water up, pour the grounds in and stir it up a little bit, you know, and then try your best to not get the grounds in your coffee cup, right? Camp coffee is terrible. It's, it's, the wor- it's like the bottom of the barrel as far as coffee goes. And then there's Folgers, right? Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but then you, you've got the filter, regular filter, and then you've got the Chemex, which is kind of what you see here. It's scientifically developed to, to keep the bitterness out and the fruitful flavors in. You know, it, it makes your coffee uh, so enjoy, more enjoyable than you've ever had before through science, right? And this is, the, this is the Chemex filter. All right, now here, that's funny, whatever. But what I'm trying to say to you is that you need a filter. You need something that's going to keep out that, those bitter voices, the voices of the lies, and you need to find yourself in a place where you are hearing the sweet voice of the truth of God, where you are sensing and smelling his, the aroma of his love for you. So this is a very specific process that I want to share with you. And I want to take you through each letter of this and teach you. So in your review, if you'll take that paper out, you have a little outline. And this is an example of what I do in this notebook. Um, Now I have about seven or eight of these and I fill them up. And uh, every time I see them at Barnes and Noble, I'm like, I I buy like three or four of them because I'm afraid they'll like stop making them. Okay, because I'm like really particular, you know, spiral bound, 110 weight paper, no perforations. Okay, that's like me, I'm crazy like that. You can use any notebook you want, okay? But what you need, here's what you need to have your cup and filter time. Okay, you'll need about 20 to 30 minutes. It's not unreasonable to ask for you to kind of get up a little bit earlier in the morning, right? Get up before everybody else gets up if you can. 20 to 30 minutes, you need a worship song or some type of instrumental track. You need a notebook, one that's dedicated to this process. You need a writing utensil and a quiet place, as quiet as it can get in your house. In my house, it's not very quiet. We have four children. So it's just, there's not very many quiet places. But I want to give you the six steps to the filter, okay? Step number one is the F. It is this focus. Now you're going to take this first five minutes, three to five minutes, and you're going to play this worship song. And oftentimes I don't play a worship song because I get to analyzing it. I start thinking, oh, I think they should have done this there. Or, you know, I get to thinking about it. Ooh, I want to play that. And I pick up my guitar and then I'm distracted and it's over, right? Um, 
So I use instrumental tracks oftentimes. Whatever works for you, but just take that time. And what I want you to do is I want you to just say something like, Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for my family. Just begin to thank him. Jesus, um, thank you for loving me. I love you. And I want to love you more. I I really want to be near to you. And just express your heart, express your desire to be near to him. So there's two purposes. One is to spend this time kind of worshiping. And two, it's kind of a bait and switch for the voices in your head. Now, the beauty of doing this in the morning is that your voices, the voices are normally quieter in the morning. They haven't woken up yet. Some of them are really lazy. So you kind of get to jump on them, right? Um, But it's kind of a bait and switch for these voices because you and I both know that once you start to pray, what happens? Distractions. Somebody's texting you. A kid walks in, right? Or or something happens and you start to think about this. I mean, inevitably, anytime you try to pursue the Lord, there is going to be an offensive on the other side that's coming to distract you. So you're inviting it. In some ways, this little, this little five minutes at the beginning is kind of to stir up those voices, all right? So that's the first thing. F is focus. I is identify. And you're going to spend a minute or two, and you're going to identify, after that first amount of time, you're going to identify the top three, maybe four voices that are, that are really screaming out this morning, okay? So maybe it's that voice about how someone donated and, and gave you a chicken coop yesterday and you've got to go home and build <clears throat> a chicken run for this thing before it gets eaten by a raccoon or a fox. Maybe that's the voice in your head. It was in mine this morning, okay? Uh, I was like, I was trying to pray and then I was thinking about this chicken and I was, you know what? Ah! Don't, right? <laughs> um, God's voice is more important than the chicken. The chicken, you just, we whatever, right? But I want, you to, I want you to identify those voices. Give them a name. Give those things a name around the table, all right? The next is L, lay down the law. And this is going to be about four to five minutes of you addressing those voices. It's important that you do address them, that you don't try to ignore them. You're just like, I'm just going to focus on God. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm just focusing. That doesn't work, okay? You have to look them in the eyes. I know this is weird. This is what I do. If you think I'm crazy, then I'm sorry, <laughs> but this really works, all right? Uh, so you've got the table in your head. You're imagining someone standing at the table yelling at you saying, listen, you've got to get to work on this. Otherwise, the day's going to run by and you're not going to have time to do this before you go to work, blah, blah, You have to look at that and say, listen, I will take time for you as soon as I am done hearing from God. Or you've got this voice that's lying to you and telling you, you're worthless. You were just, you were just, the most worthless human being on the earth. I can't, I can't believe you're even still taking air here, all right? And you need to look at that voice and say, you are a liar. You need to sit down, and at first chance I get, I'm gonna kick you out of this table. But until you leave this table and I'm able to kick you out, which I will, you sit down because I'm listening to God's voice. You gotta speak with authority to these voices because they are absolutely obnoxious and persistent, aren't they? Some of these voices, guys, you have been listening to, they've been affecting the trajectory of your life and the decisions you've been making for decades. And it's time to sit them down and let them hear the truth of the voice of God in your life. That's the truth, guys. You have that authority. God has given you that. You are a child of God. You're the one sitting at the table that that is an heir to the kingdom. 
All these other voices, they can just sit down. That's the kind of tenacity you need to come at this with. Because man does not live by bread alone or by any other voice except by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So you're gonna, you're gonna explain to those voices, sit them down, all right? And then the T is to tune in. And this is gonna be about 10 minutes, eight to 10 minutes. And you're gonna take out a passage of scripture. I read a chapter a day. Um, some of you may just read a verse and kind of read it over and over and meditate on it. But you're gonna take this scripture. And the reason that you're gonna take scripture is because we believe and we know that this is God's inspired word. And he says in the word that heaven and earth will pass away, but none of my words will pass away. All right, so this is the voice of God that we know. So we're familiarizing ourselves with the voice of God. We're getting used to what it sounds like. And a little note, if God, or if you ever sense that God is speaking something to you that's contrary to what you see or read in the word, it's not God, okay? His word is his authority. And for some of you, you're, you're in this place where you're like, I don't know, I don't even believe in God. Or I don't believe, I believe in God, but I don't believe that he could speak to me. Or I, be, I believe maybe he could speak, but I don't know about the Bible. I just, I wanna just pause right here and invite you to the Alpha Course that Pastor Aaron and I are leading in a few weeks. It is a powerful time to just sit around and have open conversation about who is God? Who is Jesus and what gives him any kind of authority? Was he real? Is the Bible real? Why do people believe in the authority of scripture? And, and we're just gonna go through that together and have some conversations. It's powerful. And if you know some friends that are in that place that are really seeking, listen, if you're here, you're seeking something. You, you know there's something more. I wanna invite you to that. That's just a little shameless plug, okay? But what we're looking to do is we're looking to quiet ourselves in this moment to focus and to recognize the voice of our shepherd, to learn his voice. That's why you focus on the word. That's why we start with the word, okay? So you're gonna take a few minutes. You're gonna tune in, all right? And then this was a little weird, but it's E, it's eject. And really this, this is just getting those last few things in your mind just out. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna take three to five minutes, start with three minutes and build up to five. And you're just gonna write and not let your pen stop moving. Just write, even if it doesn't make sense. Just brain dump on the paper. There's something powerful about the physiology, about the neurology of writing something down and getting it out. So if you're still feeling those voices of fear, just write, write them out, write what they're saying, write what you need to say to them. If you're feeling like there are tasks, write them down in the corner and just a, a great and wise person told me once that if you write something down, you give yourself permission to forget. And I'm really good at forgetting things. So I give my, if I write it down, I give myself permission to live in my strengths, you know? I give myself permission to forget it for now so that I can focus back on what's happening. So you're just gonna write. You're gonna eject the rest of whatever's there. And then the R is this, remain and record. You're gonna stop, you're gonna pause, and having quieted the voices as best as you can. And this is a habit. You're gonna learn how to do it. 
you're going to learn what's effective and how to speak to certain voices to quiet them down. You're going to learn God's truth that combats the lies. But you're going to be in the best possible position to hear God's voice. And this is the whole point. This is where we're trying to get to, is to get to the place where we've quieted the noise so we can hear God's voice. So, listen. If you'll take the time to listen, God will speak to you. He will encourage you. He will correct you. He will remind you. He will lead you. He will birth ideas and give you new perspective. He will make confusing situations clear. He'll give you wisdom in your decisions. He will convict you. He will call you out in faith. He will teach you how to delight in his voice. If you will listen, he will speak. He wants to talk to you. The joy of prayer is that it's a two-way conversation. It's not just us to God, it's God to us and his words are life and breath to us. He created you, he breathed life into you in the beginning and he's still breathing life into you now. All we have to do is get ourselves in a position to hear him, to listen. God, speak to me, your servant is listening. And what I've found is that in these moments, God doesn't speak like profound things like, okay, now here's what we're gonna do. You're going to get in your car. You're going to take a left. You're going to go down Indian Lake Boulevard. Then you're going to see a red SUV. When you pull up beside that red SUV, I want you to get out and tell them, like, I don't doubt that God can do that. But most often, he says simple things that he repeats over and over to me. I'm with you. I love you. You can trust me. Step out in faith. I will provide for you. Do not worry. Lay down the shame. Stay close to me. Stay close. I am with you. I am with you. Over and over. I can go through all of these journals and over and over, God speaks those words to me. And you'll find if you read through scripture that God repeats things over and over to people. I don't know what that says about us. I think it says that we're stubborn, that we have thick skulls, right? That we can't, go. but God is gracious and merciful to us that he speaks it still. And one of the things that he speaks to me over and over, and I, it's probably the thing I've written down most often is this, just show up. Just, just show up. Because we, we think we've got to have all these plans. And God, I, I, I don't think I can do that. I hear what you're asking me to do, but I, I don't think I can do that, God. And God just whispers to you, just show up. Just show up and see what I can do. Just show up in that relationship put your arm around that person and see what I can do because it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by the spirit says the Lord that's the power of showing up and that's the reason that we want to hear God's voice yes we want to hear it for us so that we can be lifted up but God wants to bring his kingdom to this earth through you and through me. 
He wants to bring, use you to bring words of life. He wants to use you to, to awaken someone's soul. But first, you need to know the voice of God to introduce someone else to his voice. He wants to speak to you. And the last thing is that the reason that, that, I, that I'm just imploring, that I'm encouraging you to do this, and if you already have a prayer habit and all that, that's fine. This is not meant to replace that. This is just meant to help those of you who are needing that, that structure and that morning routine, that cup and that filter. The reason is because God has plans for you and what's going to happen when you take that first step into his plans? What's the voice resounding in your head? And who are you going to listen to? Is it the voice of self-doubt? Is it the voice of selfish ambition? Is it the voice of pride? Is it the voice of lies? Or is it the life-giving voice of your father saying, just go? Just show up and see what I can do. That's the voice I want you to hear when you walk in faith. Because there will be noise. As long as we are here on this earth, the noise will be up. The volume will be up. But if you know the voice of God, you can walk with confidence in the ways of God. Amen? Amen. So we're going to take a moment here. We're going to receive communion. And you guys are going to come up to the front and to the back and just, and just grab the elements. And you're going to take it in your own time. But we're going to give you just three or four, five minutes here at the end. And I want you to just ask God a simple question. Will you speak to me? Will you help me quiet the noise and hear your voice, God? So let's take a moment right now. Let's take some time. You guys come and grab communion. And as you feel led, just take that communion. And then we're going to end with praying together. Let's do that.
of life today. Let your children be filled with life today, God. Revive dead hearts today, Lord Jesus. Lord, to whom shall we go, Lord? For you have the words of life. We believe that you are the Holy One of God. So we come to you. Would you help us to quiet the noise? Help us, God, in this. We know you will. Speak to us. Let us hear your voice. Above all things, God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being here today. I pray that you're encouraged pray that you're equipped. And um, if you do have any questions about it, I'll be down here at front. If you have any thoughts on going, you're welcome to contact me. And I'd love to hear how this is going for you. Like I said, a friend of mine introduced me to this. And we even like met uh, once a month and talked about the different voices that were speaking. It was a powerful mentorship relationship in my life. Um, but I pray that God would uh, release you from the from those the noise and help you to truly know and hear his voice amen